Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. The Tale of La Mouffet, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. Luke 2, verse 16 through 17. This wonderful story reminds us that at Christmas time, salvation is found in the manger. The Tale of La Mouffe, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Many, many years ago, the legend does attest, a town was in its infancy as people traveled west. Log cabins popped up here and there, a blacksmith shop, a mill, tavern, stable, mercantile, but oh, look on the hill. A quite impressive building made of chestnut, pine, and birch. This budding township's pride and joy, the town and country church. The pitched and shingled roof, with both a belfry and a steeple, served as a crowning glory for these fine and faithful people. Who would ever guess this place of worship fair and full would one day be the birthplace of a Christmas miracle? Now because the land is newly tamed, the forest fairly teems, with lots of woodland creatures from the hills down to the streams. Squirrels rule the treetops, Cunning bobcats rule the ground. Rabbits, badger, deer, and possum everywhere are found. And living in a hollow log where light and shadows play, a little skunk pokes out her head. Her name is La Mouffet. Fur just like a midnight sky with stripes as white as snow. Eyes alive with wonder shine wherever she may go. Yet in her shaded forest and the sunny open glade, something has our La Mouffet quite cautious and afraid. The ever-lurking threat to every creature fine and furred and old and grizzled trapper by name of Dooley Heard. Even in the village where folks feel safe and sound, people host a little shiver when old Dooley comes to town. Up astride his cranky mule, a bowie in his belt, he'll amble to the mercantile to sell his skins and pelts. 
than with the nod and well-aimed spurt of dark tobacco juice, he gets back on that cranky mule and rides off through the spruce. Our Lamoufay, she fears the man, and it's a fear worth having. She's seen enough familiar furs tacked up on Dooley's cabin. So whether in the forest or the muddy streets of town, seems everyone feels ill at ease when Dooley is around. The calendar advances as it's always want to do, and the summer and the autumn move aside for you-know-who. Winter brings its calling card this memorable December. Snow in higher drifts than anybody can remember. Up at the little church, a man, snow-covered and half-froze, coaxes up a fire in the old pot-bellied stove. The pastor of this parish, with a shovel he would carry, had worked to try and free what Mother Nature sought to bury. Now warming up inside, his thinking once again referred to a tried and true conundrum that old trapper duly heard. Something in that man just seemed to call his very soul. He'd tried so many times to welcome Dooley to the fold. Yet every invitation he'd extended over time had always come to nothing, each emphatically declined. God, you put him on my heart for some specific reason. I can't help feeling that it's somehow related to the season. It's very nearly Christmas. Does the holiday provide a way to get him to the church and welcome him inside? He puzzled and he pondered till a little fuse was lit. He scrambled to his feet and shouted, Christmas time, that's it! Meanwhile, all the animals contend with winter's wrath. Day by day, they struggle just to find a trail or path. La Mouffet is hungry. She no longer can retreat. So the skunk exits her hollow log to find something to eat. Forward through the drifts of snow, she burrows with a push. As the cold seeps into paws, her belly, nose, and tush. Further from her cozy home, she finds a stand of trees, blanketed in clinging snow and moving in the breeze. Juicy bark soon tempts her, and she chews a tasty piece. When suddenly two voices ring and detonate the piece, one she doesn't recognize, she doesn't know that yapper. The other leaves her petrified. It's duly heard the trapper. Where to scurry? Where to go? She nearly starts to weep. She knows she can't outrun the men. The snow is just too deep. Necessity compels a thing a skunk so rarely does. La Mouffet climbs up the tree, and just in time, because... 
as she scales that handy pine, quite terrified and numb, the men come through the tree line, loudly talking as they come. Thank you so much, Dooley. This was difficult alone. I never could have cut a Christmas tree all on my own. Think nothing of it, Pastor. Glad I had the time to spare. Let's see. Before we walk much further, how about that one there? I like the way you're thinking, and this weather's pretty raw. I'd say you found a good one. Let's get busy with that saw. Soon the saw is singing, wielded swiftly by the men who are cutting down the very tree our skunk is hiding in. The rhythm of the biting teeth cause clumping snow to shed as La Mufei clings tightly to a branch just overhead. We're nearly through the trunk, said Dooley. And I'll tell you what, you hold her so she won't fall down and I'll complete the cut. And with that cut accomplished, as the air turned even colder, the men departed with the tree suspended on their shoulders. Let's get it to the church, the pastor confidently cried, their Christmas tree containing La Mufay tucked deep inside. Waiting at the church were members of the congregation who'd worked their way up to it through the snow's accumulation. And were they ever dumbstruck, left without a single word, when walking with the pastor they saw Trapper duly heard. Masking their surprise at this quite unexpected sight, everyone admired the tree and uttered their delight. They set the tree up quickly, duly helped to tack her down, and even joined in hanging strings of popcorn all around. Laughter graced the air, the pastors filled with exaltation. The building soon is quite festooned with Christmas decorations. With all the fun and frolic, Dooley's reticence had shrunk, and everyone was so engaged that no one saw the skunk. The pastor crowns their efforts with a satisfying grunt as he sets a manger full of straw directly in the front. Thank you all for coming. The delighted pastor beamed. I know the snow is awful. It's the most we've ever seen. Tonight is Christmas Eve, and may your homes and hearths be gay. I'll see you in the morning as we worship Christmas Day. And when the crowd is ready with the snow cascading down, they leave the snug and silent church and trudge back toward the town. Dooley, will we see you? Asked the pastor through the chill. The trapper thought a moment, then said, Yes, I think you will. La Mufay relaxes as the people all depart and works to still the pounding of her frightened little heart. 
The church is deathly still as down the festive tree she slid, eating bites of popcorn from the streamers as she did. The dark is nearly total. Any light is faint and scant. But La Mufay's nocturnal. She can see what others can't. And what she sees is magical. The burnished wood, the glass, all the decorations, fine candlesticks of brass. These stunning sights and wonders that so puzzle and intrigue leave La Mufay quite weary, feeling sleepy and fatigued. So she hopped up in the manger, snuggled peacefully and deep, and with Christmas just a dawn away, the skunk fell fast asleep. That dawn appeared through clearing skies a sharp and azure blue. The blizzard that had hit the region finally was through. You'd think that folks would just stay home, Christmas Day or no. Yet one by one, each house surrendered families to the snow. Bundled up against the cold, they plow through pine and birch to make their way unswervingly through drifts to reach the church. The pastor leads the effort, moving great amounts of snow. Others sing out Christmas carols, shoveling as they go. Soon they reach the doorway, and what meets their awestruck eyes? Duly heard in polished boots, clean shirt, and bolo tie. It's good to see you, Dooley, said the pastor with a grin. You as well, replied the trapper. Shall we go on in? The stove is primed, the candles lit, glad sounds the people make. And as they settle, La Mufay is startled wide awake. Eyes as big as saucers, fairly trembling with the danger, she slowly lifts her head and steals a peek above the manger. She caught a glimpse of people singing fa-la-la-la-la. So La Mufay ducked down and burrowed deeper in the straw. Soon the music ran its course, each Christmas composition. It's time, my friends, the pastor said, for our Yuletide tradition. He lifted up with greatest care a doll quite snugly wrapped. The face of fine ceramic, with a halo it was capped. This represents the Christ child, God's bequest to all mankind. We celebrate this morning to remember and remind that our Father up in heaven isn't distant or a stranger. And thanks to his great love, salvation's found within the manger. I now invite my wife, with proper reverence and awe, to take this holy offering and place it in the straw. Lamufe could see the lady walking up the aisle. 
So she did the only thing she could. She sat right up and smiled. The pastor's wife stood staring at that little manger bunk. For the last thing she'd expected was to find a grinning skunk twisting and contorting in quite lively fits and starts. She loosed the loudest holler ever heard around these parts. Skunk! Spinning like a gymnast, her feet barely touched the floor as she sprinted down the aisle and busted right on out the door. The church was now a melee, pandemonium was ample. And just like that, the congregation followed her example. Gathered in the glistening snow and huddled cheek to cheek, suddenly the church gives out a daunting groan and creak. The weight of all that snowfall piled heavy on the roof exacts an awful, fearful toll and shattering reproof. Rafters snap like kindling, fell and steeple lose their seat. The church comes tumbling down and its destruction is complete. People stand in wonder, in a shock they can't ignore. To see this deadly pile where they'd been sitting just before. The pastor counted noses, found that everyone was there, then looked upon the church with more thanksgiving than despair. Let's get out of the cold, head for the mercantile. Gather up the children, we can make it single file. And trudging back the way they'd come, they moved off of the hill. And just like that, this epic scene was motionless and still. Later in the mercantile, the congregation waits pondering the tragedy that could have been their fates. Neighbors sit with neighbors, sipping steaming apple cider. Parents hug their precious children just a little tighter. The pastor slowly rises, glances quickly to the ceiling, endeavors to put into words what everyone is feeling. Surely this is not the celebration we had planned. The wreckage of our lovely church, so hard to understand. And though we may feel sorrow and the aftershocks of fear, I can't help feeling thankful that all I really love is here. This building and its elements, yeah, that we can replace, but not what's here before me. And he looked into each face. Then he lightly chuckled, and the gloom and sadness shrunk. 
I also can't help wondering about that little skunk. Can you imagine something more unlikely or much stranger than beginning Christmas morning with a skunk inside our manger? And we escaped unharmed from all the carnage and distress because our manger offered what we never could have guessed. I think... And then he paused. ...that God's enabling us to sense the wondrous miracle that Christmas really represents. Remember the gift of a Messiah that all Israel did crave? Their prayer was for a liberator, powerful, brave. Is it any wonder understanding was mislaid when God instead sent Jesus as a helpless little babe? Neither our manger nor theirs met the common expectation, yet both have now resulted in deliverance and salvation. The people sat in silence, contemplating every word, when suddenly the door swung wide and in walked duly heard. In his arms a bundle, a quite worn and tattered quilt, he sat himself directly near the fire they had built. And peeking from the blanket, somehow spared from certain death, was little La Mouffet, and all the people catch their breath. I found her in the rubble. Sorry if I interrupt, but she is near to frozen, so I thought I'd warm her up. Astonishment and trauma turned to wonderment instead as the grizzled trapper held the skunk and rubbed her little head. The pastor eyed the trapper and with his smile growing wider said, Merry Christmas, Dooley. Would you like some apple cider? From that morning forward, no one ever saw a day that Dooley wasn't followed by a trailing La Mouffet. The church was soon rebuilt, with dedication it occurred, for everybody lent a hand, including Dooley Heard. Dooley joined the church, even singing in the choir. His quiet, faithful presence served to comfort and inspire. And on Sundays, when the services would find their fitting end, La Mouffet was always outside waiting for her friend. These quite unlikely comrades, both adopted by the town, were loved by one and all and welcomed when they came around. Their presence, confirmation of a sacred, trusted theme that God so often moves in ways undreamt and unforeseen. That's the very heart of Christmas, what we celebrate today, a small yet grand reminder from the tale of La Mouffet. To people of faith, the story of Christmas is quite well known. It's hard to imagine anyone calling themselves a Christian who doesn't know the basics of the story. 
But, like most things, if we only know the basics, we may be missing much of the richness the deeper story has to tell. In its essence, Christmas is the story of God answering a prayer prayed for thousands of years, the sending of a Messiah to a broken world to establish God's kingdom in the hearts of humanity. But as is often his habit, God accomplished this in a way few anticipated. The people of Israel were looking for a conqueror, a powerful king who would rid them once and for all of the hated Romans. A helpless baby born to an unwed mother and poor carpenter, beginning life without a proper roof over his head or a cradle to sleep in? Welcome to the world by uneducated, illiterate shepherds? Definitely not what Israel expected. And yet, that's exactly how God chose to bring his son, the Prince of Peace, to his people. The miracle of the manger should always serve as a metaphor for us as we anticipate the promises of God manifesting in our lives. Let's remember to look to Him, not to our preconceived notions of what we believe He can or should do. God is always moving. It's up to us to pay attention. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. The Tale of La Mufe was written by Dana Buck. Narration provided by Patty Stevens. Additional voices provided by Toby Caps and Dana Buck. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of so powerful a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, visit our website at sopowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, Check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, may your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes. <laughs>